You're listening to the Toolstation Western League podcast with Ian Knockholds and Tom Hiscott. Welcome, listeners, to the Toolstation Western League podcast with me, Ian Knockholds, and I'm delighted to be joined on the line by the editor of the Western League Bulletin. It is Tom Hiscott. Hello, Tom. How are you? Yeah, doing well. Good to speak to you again. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. I was um, I was a bit lost over the weekend. Oh. Well, the weather wasn't very nice, was it? I think it was Storm Barbara. Oh, I've not heard that. Oh, well, yes, that was it. It was Storm Barbara. And of course, well, devices weren't at home. um, So I didn't have my natural sort of home to go to. And Mm -hmm. I I did sort of cast around for other Wiltshire based fixtures and Caution were at home. And I was thinking, do I want to go and watch Caution as the the rain fell? Mm. And I thought, well, not really, no, because, you know, the days of being able to stand around in the clubhouse, they're over now, aren't they? So we're all going to have to get wet, which is, you know, a bit of an apology to the listeners, really, because, of course, if all the fans in the Western League sort of had adopted my attitude, then basically clubs would be missing out on revenue. So I felt a little bit guilty, um, to be perfectly honest with you. I felt I should go and do my bit. Um, But... um, much to my relief, uh, Warminster Town, who were away at Welton Rovers, their game, of course, was broadcast on YouTube by Roland Millward. And um, I thoroughly enjoyed watching it. I, I sat in my living room. I got YouTube up on the television. So it was sort of big screen sports stuff. And uh, it, was a, it was a really entertaining way to spend a Saturday afternoon. And, the other, of course, the other great thing about Welton Rovers uh, for their home games is that they produce an online programme. So mm. I was able to sit in my living room, read the programme and watch the football uh, and it was a sort of it was a you know it was an immersive social media led western league experience and yeah um, i'm sorry to butt in but yeah the the um the rise in those programs as you say that have been i know available because of because of what we're currently going through with all the you know extra measures and what have you but being able to download those and sort of have a look through them on saturday afternoons is definitely um yeah definitely been an interesting little um yeah thing for me as well this season Obviously, I don't get don't get to as many games as you, but yeah, I've been been reading reading a few of those those uh, as you say, easily to easy to download and whatnot, and yeah, I've been impressed. I mean, it's a funny old world, isn't it, where the number of page impressions in your program is <laughs> is a selling tool to yeah. the, the local businesses that will be sponsoring our clubs. But well, I mean, yeah. that's the world where that's the world we're living in. I, I mean, I hope we don't have too many more weekends you know disrupted by the weather i'm sure all of us feel mm, the same mm. way but i mean it you know as a one-off and i don't i don't intend to sort of make a, a regular thing of it because i think there is nothing better than going to a game and certainly i know we're going to be talking about the fixtures later on the podcast you know i, I very much hope that i get to a go i get to go to a game on saturday this um um you know this weekend but as a one-off it was a it was a really it was a really enjoyable um way of, of, of watching it you know it was, I thoroughly recommend Roland uh, well we, we talk about his podcast regularly the Warminster Town Supporters podcast but also the uh, the YouTube um, commentaries that he does and and actually I mean we sh- should be fair actually um, Tom um, um, to give um, Welton a bit of a mention because of course they uh, they ran out three nil winners because I have the pleasure of talking to you uh, <clears throat> every week <laughs> I don't have to remember who the scorers were, but if you, if you can if you can just run us through there, give them their moment of fame, because of course Tom Smith's boys um, um, stayed top of the uh, of the first division with that with that win at the weekend. Yeah, another win for them. Yeah, so uh, it was Kyle Box uh, opened the scoring uh, ten minutes before half time with a free kick. Uh, Chris Pyle uh, then scoring from uh, long range. Uh, yeah, he's on a good run at the moment, and then it was Courtney Charles who uh, capitalised on a. It was a bit of a defensive mishap uh, late on. Uh, added a added a third. Bit of a pile driver, you could say, couldn't you? You could say that. You could say that. Right. Anyway, 
Um, moving swiftly on to this week's episode of the Toolstation Westerling podcast, we of course have two manager interviews to bring you. From the Premier Division, we speak to the Assistant Manager of Clevedon Town, Lee Rendell. And in the First Division, we speak to Tom Clifford-Jones. He's the Joint Manager at Wells City. So moving on to the fixtures on Saturday, the 24th of October, we open up with Clevedon Town. They were at home to Bridport. 112 saw this uh, game, Tom, and Clevedon Town riding high in the Premier Division this season. Yeah, they are. Um, I think quite a few yeah, teams just below them. Uh, maybe did suffer from uh, from from postponements this year, this this weekend. Sorry, but Cleveland absolutely rocketed up the table, up to second now. Um, a three-one win at home to Bridport. Uh, first half goals from Morgan Davis and Sid Camper uh, put them in put them in control. Uh, and then it was Elliot Nicholson, 20 minutes from time, uh, made it three-nil. There was a, a, a late blemish for them uh, with Bridport scoring a, a consolation in injury time. But yeah, another. Another three points for the uh, the team at Hand Stadium. So yeah, up to up to second, Clevedon doing really well. So flying high, Clevedon Town certainly are. Fantastic opportunity to get Lee Rendell back onto the Toolstation Western League podcast. So I started by asking Lee, seven wins on the bounce. You must be delighted. Uh, yeah, very much so, mate. Um, a lot of work's gone in on and off the pitch. Um, we've ensured uh, we've got the correct characters within the dressing room, which is uh, which we the, the all four of us have been quite strict with, to be fair, mate. And you know they've all bought in. Um, they continue to learn, which has contributed to the current form, mate. Well, you mentioned all four of you there. You've got something of a unique management structure at Cleveland Town. Can you tell us a bit about that, Lee? Uh, yeah, we've got obviously Mickey. Mickey's our our, our main man down there. Um, I assist uh, Mickey, and we've got um, myself, Alex, uh, Alex White um, assists. Also, does Ryan King. Um, we will we will play our part down there, um, and we will have a say. Uh, everyone sings from the sing hymn sheet, and it's quite a, like, like you said, it's quite unique. I've never experienced it before, but um, it seems to be working and working really well. I mean, is it the sort of Western League equivalent of the Liverpool boot room of old? Yeah, kind of. If you like, if you want to put it that way, I don't like this. I don't like to uh, to to establish myself around Liverpool very much. Being a Man United fan, but uh, yeah, if you want to put it that way. I mean, going back to sort of matters on the pitch. I know you didn't have the easiest of starts um, this season. You had a couple of draws and a home defeat to Roman Glass. So, um, does that make your recent run of form, those seven consecutive wins, does that make that even more satisfying for you and the uh, um, the management team? Yeah, maybe so. Uh, we, we had a really good pre-season. We, we played, we made sure we played um, a lot of higher opposition games um, and we were unbeaten against those. Um, and it was a really good start. Um, the actual start to the season was a mixed one. Um, but we knew there were more to come from the boys. Uh, the, you know, and the points that were, were dropped were lessons learned. And, um, and they've gone on and done that. It was a, it was a, it was a good opportunity to get you know, results right when, we, when we've had the return fixtures against um, you know, the Roman Glass and Bridgewaters and the, the incentive we gave to those boys then was to, um, you know, to not, get, um, not have a double put over them early in the season. Yeah, I was, I was going to ask you about that because it's sort of a weird quirk of fate that you had the opportunity to avenge those defeats to Roman Glass and Bridgewater. I mean, you know, obviously from your point of view, I'm sure you feel you know, that, that, that's, that, that's been a positive for you. But, I mean, in terms of the way that you'd like the fixtures, the league fixtures constructed, I mean, are you a bit of a sort of an old school 
you know, in terms of wanting everybody to play everyone once before you go around a second time, or is that yeah? Situation... I mean, I, I, ideally, that that would be the way to go about it. I, I would have thought because um, you never know who you're who playing against. You know, so, so at the start of the season, uh, some sides could have a really big budget, and come after Christmas, that that budget's been pulled, um, their sides could be weaker. But you know, you you have to beat them all anyway. So either either for us, really. Well, I suppose it worked out well that you were able to sort of avenge those defeats. I mean, you're second in the table at the moment. Obviously, that's a, you know, that's a fantastic achievement. I mean, realistically speaking, though, how high do you think you can finish this season? Well, yeah, yeah. the, the current league position reflects our form at the moment, which is, which is really good. Uh, but again, nothing's won in October. Uh, we, we aim to better the, the finish from the season before last. We can't say last season because it didn't finish. Um, but you know, my personal opinion, I've, I've got a really good feeling from this group, and um, I believe if they want it enough, then they could they could go on to have a really really good season. So as long as we better the season from the last time it finished, that's the aim. Anything else from that is a massive bonus. Of course, that last season that you're talking about was was fundamentally affected by um, the, the, the coronavirus. I mean, how how is how are you coming to terms with the um, um, with the, with the new restrictions? You know, in terms of sort of the training and obviously travelling to the games, the the the, uh, the the changing rooms. I mean, you know, is it is it is it something that's that's been challenging for you and and and, and the management group? Not not so much. Um, the, the, down, down at Cleveland, we've got a really really good. Um, bunch of volunteers down there and, and the COVID restrictions that we've put in place have been superb um, everything that they've done has had little little disruption on, on team preparations and, and we, we've appreciated that massively um, the only time we've really been affected by it as such is we had an FA Cup game away to Portland at the start of the season the first game and we were at, we had to change in the stand, um, which we thought was a bit bit, bit poor on their part. Um, so we basically, you know, glass half full. We used that as a as a positive and, uh, and used it as incentives for when the game kicks off. And we won the game one 0 So uh, I mean, just dwelling on the coronavirus for for a moment longer. Uh, you know, have you got any concerns about how this this season might finish? Obviously, the the football association are currently. Uh, consulting with leagues on this on this question about their sort of preferred mechanism for, for for concluding the season. I mean, if if we were forced into the situation we found ourselves in in March, what would be your preference for for how we conclude this season? Um, it is what it is at the moment. To be fair, uh, no, we, we've got respect the current situation and respect everyone's rules. Um, to be fair, every, every we've, we've travelled so far, every every club we travel to. Their, um, their, their restrictions and everything has been and second to none so you know, we'll, we'll praise all the volunteers throughout the right league not just our ring on, on, on that at the moment um, but we, we, again we have to obey um, restrictions and, and then, you know, if we all do that hopefully we get the season complete So you've played 15 matches already uh, and I suppose that's you know going to be an, another inevitable consequence of, 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 of what we've just been talking about but we're not out of October yet I mean how, what effect is this having on your playing squad? To be fair, we've we've been a little bit lucky. We've, you know, in, in one respect, we've we've looked, we have lost the services of um, striker Archie Farris for a little while with a, with a slight knee, knee knock. Um, but other than that, we've been relatively lucky. Um, seeing as we have got a quite a small squad, uh, the one thing that the advantage of that is that it is a young squad. So we've got an average age of around twenty one, twenty two in the, in the site, which is uh, which which will help on that part. Um, we've also got a really good under eighteen squad as well, which um which is run by Ryan King. Um, so you know, we, we uh, as as uh, history has uh, shown that teams in town have always gone that way. They've promoted within, and we've got no problems whatsoever promoting from from within the eighteen squad when, when as and when needed. But the same the same things I say that every single club in this league is in the same boat. 
Uh, Brislington up next in the league, and then it's a home tie against Whitchurch in the Vars. I mean, are you are you keen on a good run in the Vars this season, or would you prefer to focus on the league? Um, to be fair, I think every club, every club would like that that little um, that little run in the Vars with the with the Carrow and Wembley appearance. Um, the mere fact that I, how well Bitten did last year mm. just gives us, I think that shows a little bit more close to home that how, how, you know, how possible it is to get that impossible dream, if you like. So, but, but again, we, we, we go, we do it every time. We go game by game. At Cleveland, we go game by game. So, yeah, we'd love to have a run in the Vols. And at the same time, we, we, we want to concentrate on, on the league as, as well. So, um, again, we go game by game. Well, going game by game, um, after that Vars match against Whitchurch, it's going to be partway up in the league. And, of course, they're the only team at the moment that are above you in the table. I mean, they're yet to be beaten this season. Could you be the first team to do it? Well, to, to be the best, mate, you've got to beat the best. Uh, Plymouth are, are well, I like the team to beat this season. And I think anyone who finishes above them will, will go on to be champions. Um, it's another incentive for our boys to go and test themselves against one of the top sides at this level. Uh, it's certainly a game that we will look forward to, rather than uh, dread, to put it that way anyway. And my thanks to Lee for his time. Now, moving on, Shepton Mallet against Brislington. Uh, a six-goal thriller, Tom. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Shepton uh, fighting back from a, a, a two-goal deficit in this one uh, to, to, to cl- yeah, claim a three-all draw, so a really good game. Uh, two sides in the bottom half, so yeah, inauspicious starts, but... But an entertaining game, as most were on the weekend. Lots of goals flying in. Uh, but it was Jack Fillingham who got the, the scoring uh, underway, uh, firing Mallet ahead from the spot. Uh, but then Brisington, yeah, did really well to, to come back into it. Conor McCormack uh, getting the slightest of uh, flicks onto a, a Jaden Nielsen free kick uh, to, to level the scores. Uh, and then Harry Tobin in first half stoppage time put, put the away side ahead and that was another assist from, from Nielsen who had a really good game. Uh, it was M3-1, uh, Kai Simpson stretching their lead, uh, but uh, Shepton, yeah, managed to, to hit back. Uh, and it was Matty Morris curling the ball uh, beyond the keeper to, to make it, uh, well, to pull them back within the goal. Uh, and then Morris again uh, went, went, went one better, unleashing a, a pretty pretty devilish strike uh, in stoppage time, nestling in the top corner. And, uh, yeah, that obviously uh, grabbed a share of the spoils. Uh, an entertaining game there. And uh, Mallet drawing 3-0 with Brisington. Now, we've got a top-of-the-table clash here between Street and Buckland Athletic. Street certainly started the season very well, as have Buckland. I mean, we talked about Buckland on the podcast a, a couple of times, um, but of late, they've been a bit of a Jekyll and Hyde side. If you look at their results in the league, they've, they've lost as many games as they've won. So, really, this game could have gone either way. Which, which Buckland would turn up <laughs> Street? Would it be Dr Jekyll or Mr Hyde, Tom? Well, they started well, um, and they managed to hold on just about. So, uh, ending a yeah three-match losing run, uh, a three-two win for for Buckland away at Street. Um, home side uh, had a had a great opportunity uh, to go ahead, but they missed missed from the spot, and Buckland took took uh, took full advantage. Uh, Callum Rose uh, looping ahead of home to to make it one-nil, uh, and then Ben Carter uh, from the halfway line doubling uh, doubling the lead. Um, yeah, pretty amazing lob finish uh, from all accounts. So that put Buckland two up. Uh, Street managed to yeah fight back, scoring twice right at the the start of the second half uh, in quick succession. That was Brad Shepherd and Leighton Thomas. So uh, yeah, setting up a, a pretty entertaining end uh, and to the game. Uh, and it was uh, yeah it was Buckland who who managed to find the fifth and the fifth and final goal. It was Callum Chambers scoring the winner 20 minutes from time, uh, and that capped a, a pretty pretty mad mad second half, which saw four goals go in in just 14 minutes. So yeah, Buckland uh, eventually pulling out the 3-2 victory. 
And finally, in the Premier Division, we finish up at Wellington, uh, who took on Cribs. Now, of course, Wellington have been in good form of late, including a very impressive draw with Plymouth Parkway. But um, Saturday's result wasn't quite as impressive, Tom. No, and the, but they did come close. They came close to, to, to grabbing a point. It was uh, an injury time winner, uh, helping Cribs gain the 2-1 victory. Uh, and it was the away side who actually, yeah, led... Uh, uh, led early on, well, not early on, led in the first half. Uh, Ross McCurlane scoring uh, with a header in the 44th minute. So, yeah, just before the interval, they went went in front. Um, Wellington then levelled uh, just after the hour mark. A, a long-range effort from Jesse Howe, uh, setting them up uh, to, to make a make a push for the points. But it was, uh, yeah, Cribs. Um, stoppage time, as I say, at the end of the second half. Uh, a deflected effort from uh, Steve Murray, managing to, to go in, which ended up in the back of the net. So, uh, yeah, Cribs gaining the 2-1 the victory and they continue their ascendancy up the table. If you're thinking, Tool Station, I know they'll save me money, but do they have all the top brands? You know, DeWalt, Makita, Einhell, Stanley, Myra, Kudox, Nest and Santex. Yeah, they do. Over 15,000 trade quality products in the range from the leading brands with prices that are hard to beat. If you want a helping hand to save on your next job, try Tool Station. With over 300 branches, there's always a tool station near you. Now, moving into the first division, and we kick off with the Jones Derby, Tom. Mm -hmm. Ashton and Backwell, uh, managed by Stu Jones, of course, took on Hengrove Athletic, whose um, star striker is uh, none other than um, Jack Jones, uh, Stu's son. Uh, So who who will have gone home happier in the Jones household? (laughs) Well, points were shared, but Jack is uh, absolutely flying at the moment. He's, uh, I think he's got five in three, it feels like. And that was, uh, yeah, that was that includes his goal that he scored on the weekend in, in the one-all draw. Uh, but yeah, an entertaining game. And it was, uh, yeah, Jones who, who put Hengrove ahead early in the 25th minute, as I say, uh, continuing his, his amazing run in front of goal, which has yeah, coincided with Hengrove's improvement as well. So uh, he continues to, to be, be the leader for them. Uh, and then it was... Uh, at the other end, uh, Harry Thomas Barker, he, well, absolutely brilliant performance from him uh, in the Hengrove goal, uh, keeping, a, keeping a penalty out at the end of the first half to, to maintain Hengrove's lead. Um, but uh, obviously Ashton, they've had a, yeah, they had a strong start, haven't they? They're up in the, up in the top, top couple of spots and, uh, yeah, they continue to push and they got another penalty kick, um, which Callum Townsend uh, managed to, to convert from the rebound after seeing Thomas Barker save his spot kick again. So, uh, yeah, credit to uh, to, uh, to the Hengrove uh, stopper. Unfortunately, uh, Townsend uh, beat him to the, to the punch, to, to, to level um, with the rebound, as I say. And that made it one all, and that was, that was how it stayed. The points were shared between those two, but uh, an entertaining game. Well, in answer to my opening question, I can tell you that Stu, Stu Jones didn't go home very happy because it was his birthday. Oh, well, there we go. I know. So he's, he, he had the bizarre situation of, of having um, uh, uh, dropped two points, um, which is, I'm sure, how he felt. But, of course, his own, his own son scored against him. So um, I wonder if poor old Jack's been sent to bed with no, <laughs> with no tea. Anyway, never no, mind. No pocket money for him this week. Very much so. Um uh, moving on to Cheddar, um, they've been in and out of form, of course, this uh, this season. They took on uh, previously unbeaten Carn Town, flying high at the top of the first division. But, um, well, the away side uh, suffered their first defeat of the season, Tom. Yeah, and in pretty dramatic circumstances as well. A 2-1 win uh, for Cheddar, uh, having to do it with a, yeah, um, 
replacement keeper for, for much of the game. Uh, but yeah, they did did hold on. Uh, he, so Callum Ham was the uh, the main attraction here. After opening the scoring uh, from the penalty spot for Cheddar, uh, after half an hour, he was then forced to to take the gloves after Dan Jackson was given a uh, a red card. Uh, for the cheese men, so obviously giving Carl quite a big advantage, uh, you'd imagine, over the over the remainder of the game. And they did, uh, yeah, obviously had the had the extra extra man, and that 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 soon paid dividends for them. Uh, Jamie Norman leveling just before half time, uh, but amazingly, it was the the ten men uh, who took a took a shock lead. Robbie Mags uh, converting a Steve Holland cross uh, to put them ahead, uh, and obviously, uh, yeah, well, as, as as I've mentioned, they they managed to hold out, but that yeah. Credit to uh, Ham uh, in 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 goal. I think I have a horrible. Well, I have a good feeling that he might have done this before. I don't think he's um, yeah completely a complete novice to to taking the gloves uh, in the past. But he did manage to keep the Lily White's attack at bay. Obviously, they've had a had a had a great start as you mentioned, Calm. But uh, yeah, they they didn't manage to beat him, and uh, Cheeseman held out for an improbable win. Cheese and Ham. Absolutely, it's a match made in heaven, isn't it? It is a bit. Um, f- famous footballing goalkeepers who could play outfield, uh, Yorgi Campos. Oh, there you well, go. There we go. And that that is who he is to to the first division of the Western League. Right, I'm sure we're, I'm sure he's over the moon with that. Um, <laughs> right, moving on to uh, to Corsham Town. Of course, the previously the well the other unbeaten side. Mm. In the uh, in the first division, the visitors were Almondsbury. Um, I think most of us were expecting a routine win for the Quarrymen, but it was anything but Tom. Mm, absolutely, made to made to work hard for this one, but they did eventually, yeah, ride out three two victors uh, over Almondsbury. But yeah, as you say, did it the hard way, uh, coming from behind twice uh, in this one. But it is now seven from seven for them. Uh, Stuart Alexander opening the scoring for for Almondsbury with a half volley. Um, Pretty early on, uh, but Caution managed to hit back Ashton Shanley uh, just after the half hour. So uh, yeah, that made it made it one all. And uh, yeah, obviously Caution the confident side, but uh, yeah, they would have been rocked a bit when uh, Almondsbury went back in front. Uh, Greg Parr uh, scoring a penalty um, to give them a half-time lead. So uh, so the away side doing doing excellent, uh, putting in a yeah putting in an excellent performance before the break, leading by. Two goals to one, uh, but Caution, yeah, came out second half reinvigorated. Uh, Gary Higdon uh, laying the ball off as Jamal Chevalot to draw them level midway through the second half, uh, and then yeah, it was with 12 minutes left. Uh, they managed to, to find the, the 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 vital winner, and that was Dan King uh, swiveling in the box before firing home. Uh, yeah, to to maintain the, the the perfect start, seven from seven for Caution. And to, to continue the birthday theme, um, I'm sure many Western League fans will follow um, Caution on social media. They do excellent work um, to um, not just do manager interviews, which, of course, are, are a really good way of me keeping um, on my toes, they, asking asking all the relevant questions, but also do you know do some great um, camera work as well, showing you the highlights from their games. And that's all thanks to the work of Jacob Price. Who uh, And at the time we're recording this, it's Jacob's birthday as well. So well done, Jacob. Fantastic effort. Um, really great to see social media being used um, so well in the in the uh, in the Western League. Of course, we were singing the praises of Roland Millward um, mm. earlier, and you know these are two first division sides. So you know we've got strength in depth when it comes to promoting mm. our clubs and what they do. So that's fantastic stuff. Now we're going to move on to Well City, uh, and um, um, they've been um, a, a, another sort of in, in and out. Uh, a little bit in um, in what's proving to be quite a topsy-turvy um, 
first division. Uh, but uh, well, the visitors were were Oldland Abertonians and, um, and and Wells. This was certainly the the, the Wells we uh, we came to know and love from last season, Tom. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, eventually, running out four one victors, but uh, just like Caution, uh, they were forced to come from behind. So Oldland uh, taking the lead through Matt Huxley. Uh, I think that was yeah from the penalty spot. Uh, looked to have put them ahead at the break, uh, but Wells uh, grabbed a crucial goal right at the end of, of the first half, um, making it one all. And uh, yeah, from there they pushed on three second half goals, uh, leading them to the the well in the end a convincing victory. Uh, but it was yeah Tom Hill scoring twice, twice for the home side, and there was also a goal from Charlie Moon and then substitute Harry Foster, who's obviously uh, yeah, um, yeah well, was their leading marksman last year and just now starting to find his feet in front of goal. So. Uh, uh, yeah, hopefully a, a morale-boosting victory for, for Wells. That was a 4-1 victory over Oldland. Well, Wells back to winning ways then at the weekend. Um, so I thought it was a good time to get on one of their management uh, duo. It's Tom Clifford-Jones. Of course, we heard from Tom on last season's um, podcast. And I started by asking him about the tricky start that Wells have had this season. We started the season reasonably well, to be honest. Um, but the... The last month has been a very difficult period um, with fixtures. Um, we've probably had, I think, four of the last away games have been probably some of our furthest trips. Um, quite a lot of midweek games as well. I think it's been seven games in 21 days, so it's, uh, it's all stretched the squad quite a bit. Um, and we've played some very tough away games as well. Um, so, yeah, it has been a, a tough month, but hopefully, yeah, we're through the... Uh, the end of that and got back to winning ways on Saturday. So which is the real Wells City? The one that beat Oldland at the weekend or the one that lost to Warminster? I'd like to say the one that beat Oldland at Sat- on Saturday. Um, we were very disappointed against Warminster. Fair play to Warminster. Thoroughly deserved the victory. Um, outbattled us and outplayed us um, without making ex- too like excuses. Um, I think... The amount of games, um, and obviously we played Saturday and then straight into the game on Monday with Warminster. They didn't have a game on the on the Saturday. It was called off, I think, due to COVID. Um, so they, I think they were just they were a lot fresher than us. Um, it's one thing me and Nathan we undenied before the game. Do we freshen up a little bit? We we didn't, and it's probably it did cost us a little bit really. But you can't take it away from Warminster. They thoroughly deserved the three points again Saturday. Um, much better. Um, first half we weren't great. Again, old Oldlands were causing us a, a little bit of trouble. We looked dangerous going forward, saying that. Um, and then second half, um, a lot better. That was the more. That was more us. The, the second half on Saturday, um, it was finished four-one, um, and it could have been a, a lot more. Now, to be fair, we've talked obviously about the, about a difficult start for you, but you have come up against some top opposition. I mean, you've narrowly lost out to Corsham and Khan. You got a point away at Ashton and Backwell. Do, do you think your side finds it easier to raise their game when they come up against the more fancied teams in the division? Last season, I would have said yes. This season, um, I'd say we've probably slightly underperformed against Khan. We we weren't great. Um, Again, Khan thoroughly deserved the victory. We didn't really turn up on the day. Um, again, Khan played some really good football um, and deserved the one. We didn't really lay a glove on them. Um, Corsham, first half, we started slowly and 
again, Caution could have been out of sight first half. Um, and then second half, we were excellent. And we were, it was a game of two halves. Uh, we were on top second half, I'd say. And we, I would say we were unlucky to get a point against Caution in the end. The Backwell game, again, as a game of two halves. It's, uh, we were brilliant first half. Some of the, probably the best football we've played all season. Um, and should have been out of sight first half. Uh, we could have probably, we were two no up. They scored just before half time to make it 2-1, which is a big moment in the game. And then second half, it was all back well. <laughs> so, yeah, again, a draw was probably a fair result in that game. Um, it's just this season we seem to be doing it in little fits and spells. Like we're probably only performing in sort of 45 minutes where we need to be a little bit more consistent and perform over the 90 minutes. And as soon as we get that, again, I don't think we've hit We've probably not got our sort of third. We maybe got into fourth gear a couple of times this season, um, but there is more gears. Hopefully, that we will will go up, and we need to sort of go up quick, really, uh, before we do drop any more sort of points. Because last season you did very well, and if memory serves me correctly, I think the season before that you finished very strongly. I think you had a very good run of games in the second half of the season. So do you think you've got a bit of a target on your back? Are you one of the fancied teams in the first division decides to raise their game when they know they're going to be playing you? Uh, quite possibly. I think you probably are right. Um, teams do see us as a potential one of the the big boys in the league um, but it's something that we need to get used to and get used to quick uh, we have actually mentioned this to the lads um, saying that there is a lot of good sides in this league um, obviously I listen to the podcast most weeks and I'm probably going to say very similar to a lot of the managers on here that there is probably going to be six to ten teams that are going to be going for those sort of four promotional places um, so and it, it sounds obvious, but it is going to be the teams that are the most consistent over the season. Uh, we have had a blip, um, like I said, in the last sort of three, three, four weeks, uh, where we had difficult fixtures um, and a lot of fit, a lot of games in not many days. Um, and it's how you recover and get out of that blip as quickly as possible. Um, so hopefully, I don't want to put the too much of a. Uh, kiss a death on it but hopefully we've got out of that from Saturday uh, but saying that we've got a tough game in the Vars on, on this coming Saturday <laughs> Well, so, so given how well you have done in recent seasons I, mean, I take it that's still the ambition of the club are you, are you, you you're still targeting one of those yeah, top 100%. four yeah um, myself and Trucks Naif uh, we've never been given really any targets um, the main target was just to get <clears throat> when we took over um the club was on a bit of a downward spiral. It was just basically to get the club sort of back on his feet, get a good feel good in, within the club. Um, and along with our reserve team managers, the A team managers, uh, there's now a ladies team at the club as well. There is a feel good factor back at the club. Um, good social side of it. Obviously, a bit a little bit harder with COVID, etc. Um, but that was the main objectives. Um, and then obviously, me and Nate have set ourselves targets where. We've gradually improved every season. Um, yes, last season was unfortunate with the, the null and void, um, but we've got to forget about that and go again this season. So, yeah, we do want to be pushing for that those top four slots, the promotion slots, but there is going to be a, a lot of teams going for it. 
I mean, if you were to go up, would you say that the club's ready for Premier Division football? It certainly would mean a lot more travelling for you. It definitely does, yeah. The, the travelling certainly is a, a big factor, but a lot of our players that do play have played in the Prem before. Um, I think the club is ready. It'd be nice just to get a few more fans through the uh, through the turnstiles, but I, I think that is slightly improving. But yeah, I think 100% we are ready to go up. I'm sure, again, a lot of teams are saying they're ready to go up. It's actually going out and proving that you deserve to go up. So we've we've talked a bit about how the, how the club's set up off off the field. I mean, if we look at it on the field, as you know, as I said before, you've done very well in previous seasons. Had you been able to keep the core of your squad together, have you been able to add a bit of quality in the close season? Yeah, so we we lost a couple in the season. We've lost our our keepers gone to Clevedon. Um, uh, one of our centre halves, or saying that we we signed him, and I think he only played a couple of games before it, the season did end last season. He's gone over to Cribs, um, and I think we lost a, one of our left backs. Uh, but saying that we've brought a couple in, so uh, we've got a, a new keeper, obviously, um, uh, Rob Brown. He's been excellent, real nice lad. He's fitting into the squad, which is a lot of the main attributes we want is obviously they've got to be decent at football etc but they've got a, there's no egos in our side um, they've got to fit in um, and he's been spot on um, we've just signed Dan Williams from Wellington um, in, well, in the last week um, he used to play for Wales he's played for me and Nath before as well but he, he did move away from the area so he wanted to play a bit more local. It didn't work out, so he's come back and he's added quality. He played his first game on Saturday and he was he was first class. He just gives us that little bit of that added extra quality um, from set pieces as well. So, yeah, it's this we've probably lost the same amount we've brought in, um, but we've still kept that the quality, really. Um, and the atmosphere in the dressing room is still very good as well, which is probably one of the main things. So moving back to matters on the pitch, um, you've got Westbury in the Vars up next. Now, it's at home, but it's against a Premier Division side. So how do you feel about it? Do you think it's a game you can get a result out of? Uh, 100%. Yeah, no, we, we go into every game thinking that we can get a result. Um, again, it's going to be a tough game. Westbury, uh, an excellent Western League side, really. Um, been very successful over the last few years. Um, so we are going to have to be our best. Hopefully we can use the the home territory um, and really get get at them. But again, we're going to be, have to be on top defensively um, and be very lively at the back because they are very solid at the back. Um, and they've got, again, very two or three very good attacking players. Um, so, yeah, it's going to be a tough one. But again, like you said, we, we go into every game looking to get a result and win it. Um, so it's, we've got nothing to lose. It's going to be a useful yardstick for you, isn't it? Because, of course, if you were to be promoted, you'd be coming up against sides of the quality of Westbury week in, week out next season. So seeing how you fare against them you know, this season is actually probably going to be quite important for you and Nathan. Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, again, they, they're, like I said, they're very, um, a typical Western League side. Um, the way they set up, the way they play, um, again, they're very consistent as well. Um, so yeah, again, it is a is a great opportunity for our lads to test themselves against the Prem side. And like you said uh, earlier, a lot of our players have played at the Premier Premier standard and higher. So we know they can play the standard. Um, but yeah, it's a it's a great opportunity again for us. 
Now, I'm sorry to do this, but it doesn't, it's almost impossible at the moment not to talk about the coronavirus situation, specifically with regard to, um, to the Western League competition, really. I mean, if the season gets worse in terms of more games being cancelled and, and the weather kicks in, I know the FA have started to talk to the leagues about um, their ideas for how a season could be concluded. Do you have a preference for how you'd like to see um, the season concluded? I suppose you've got the benefit of hindsight if you look back at, at what happened at the end of last season. I've, uh, I think they've got to give it a bit of time. I do think they rushed into the decision last season. I'm not saying it was the wrong decision or correct decision. I do think they need to give it um, a bit more time before they actually make the decision. So... If we could continue the season, say, in a month, two months' time down the line, then I think that should be the possibility. Saying that, I don't like the null and void, but um, I would say if it was only... It's got to get to a certain percentage of games played, I think, before you can, say, go to the points-per-game system. Um, Say, if we stopped next week, um, I don't think you could go to the points-per-game system after sort of nine, ten games. Um, I just think it, that would be a bit silly and a bit unfair on a lot of teams. Um, so yeah, it's, I think I I do like the the points per game, but I do think it should get to a they should be setting a sort of target where it's seventy five percent of the season completed before they they go to the points per game. And my thanks to Tom for his time. Now, finally, in the uh, in the first division, um, we uh, we are. Well, there's only one way for me to introduce this one, Tom, mm. and I know I know you've been looking forward to this. And I certainly know that, that James Healy is as well, of course, the huh. league's social media manager. But Wink Canton Town against Longwell Green Sports and Wink Canton were very much at the races. He, yeah. Um, <laughs> once again, uh, that yeah, they've really found their found their form. Um, it's been a, a bit of a tale of tale of uh, yeah two halves so far for them uh started the season with three defeats and since then they've got uh six from seven uh in the winners column so uh real real good turnaround from from Wincanton uh, and the 6-1 route of uh, Longwell Green the latest uh, three points for them um yeah pretty pretty dominant throughout this one uh scoring twice inside the opening minute uh opening 20 minutes sorry uh from Tom Richardson and uh, Cameron Allen uh Longwell Green, to their credit, yeah, managed to, to, to pull a goal back. But from there, yeah, when Canton pushed on, uh, continuing to uh, yeah to, to dominate the first half, leading 5-1 at the break. Um, uh, there was an own goal, and there was a couple of headers from Harry Turner as well. As I say, 5-1 at the interval, and then second half, substitute Louis Owen, uh, scoring with uh, his first touch, making an instant impact. Uh, midway through the second half. Uh, and yeah, so win Canton, definitely at the races, and a 6-1 win for them. So that was the uh, the fixtures from last weekend. Now let's have a look ahead to Saturday the 31st of October. And, uh, well, the headline act is the FA Vars. It's the first round proper. Tom, what games have caught your eye? So, I've de- yeah, there's a couple. Uh, so in, in the Vars, we've got Bridgewater, Welton uh, and Wells uh, versus Westbury. So a couple of, couple of first division sides who... Yeah, well, Welton, we know, have had a, a brilliant start. Wells starting to pick it up, now you would say. So, uh, yeah, two first division sides getting a crack at a, a Premier Division um, opposition uh, in Bridgewater and Westbury. Well, pretty, pretty excited to see how those two turn out, especially Welton going up to going to going to Bridgewater. That should be a, yeah, that should be a cracker. 
Well, I'm, I'm going to be rather dull and also go for an all-Western League uh, tie because it's Cheddar against Ashton um, has caught my eye. I mean, both, I think both sides in this match would feel that they've got a genuine opportunity of progressing. And, of course, the real carrot, not only the financial carrot that exists for progression into the second round, is that, you know, it, it could well bring one of our sides... Um, uh, come, they could come up against higher-level opposition from, an, from another league. And I think that's always quite, you know, an exciting opportunity, particularly if you can get um, uh, you know that game at home I mean obviously these are difficult circumstances and you know bumper crowds aren't really the order of the day at the moment but still you know we've, we've got up to 300 that we can we can pack in and hopefully that will provide much needed funds for um, for our side so hopefully as many sides as possible will progress uh, in the Vars uh, on Saturday um, in the Premier Division we do have uh, five Premier Division matches going ahead I've picked out Hallen against Bridport this is a bit of a basement battle I know Hallen um, have been picking up a couple of results of late um, Bridport also uh, well they've got they've got one win on the board so really I think either of these sides will be you know will be itching to, to get something out of this game it's um, even at this early stage of the season, it's a bit of a six-pointer. Um, so that was my game in the Premier Division. Tom, what about um, what what about the games in the First Division? What what's caught your eye there? There's one massive game, I would say, Wincanton, who we've uh, yeah just touched on, banging form, uh, home game for them against Caution, who obviously seven from seven. So that really is uh, yeah, um, well, I'd say the pick of all games this weekend. Hopefully, hopefully if it goes ahead and uh, yeah. Well, an early early indicator of how those two teams uh, stack up against top top class opposition, I'd say. So yeah, when Canton's home game with caution, definitely the the pick of the pick of the games in the first division on Saturday afternoon. Um, there is one massive game in the first division, going. Tom. I know where you're going with this one. And it's uh, it's not the one that you've talked about, despite <laughs> despite the fact that you made a compelling case for it. It's <laughs> um it's the El Multico. Yeah. It is it is the battle to decide ultimate Wiltshire supremacy uh, between um, the towns of Warminster and Devizes. It is away at Warminster. Devizes have no right to go there to, to, uh, to take any sort of result. And we, we are winless so far this season. But in, as we all know, as all good football fans know, in a derby game, the form book goes out the window. And, you know, I can see the phoenix rising from the flames. I can see... Rocky getting up off the canvas and wow. Devizes taking all three points away at Warminster. They go into the game as outstanding favourites. Of course they do. But, you know, I've got every faith in my boys and um, I'm, I'm going to do everything I can to get along to Warminster on, um, on Saturday because I'm sure that it's going to be an absolute belt. I'm sure there'll be a great crowd. There always is at Warminster. There's always a fantastic welcome as well. A brilliantly run club, very hospitable. They've, the COVID regulations, they've done a fantastic job on as well. Um, but um, will you know? Will we see a, will we see a Cinderella story there? Will we, you know, a fairy tale in the making? I sincerely hope so. Um, I'm keeping everything crossed, and uh, and that's where I'm going, on uh, on Saturday. Anyway, there we go. I should try and calm down now. <laughs> Um, I know we did the uh, the league tables last season. Uh, last season, we did the league tables last week, Tom. Um, so I don't think we need to go through them again. But um, for those people who do, who want to actually see the league tables in your bulletin and, and, not, and not the sort of the live version on the website, <laughs> where can we find the bulletin? So that yeah, the, they will obviously be um, yeah more live on the on the uh, the website as you say. But yeah, in the the bulletin. So every Saturday after every 
uh, Saturday afternoon game. Uh, the, the tables will be in there. The bulletin is available on the uh, yeah toolstationleague.com uh, website about halfway down, uh, and then to the left-hand side, which if you click on that, uh, the, the tab there, it will take you to the the latest um, yeah the latest latest document uh, that can be available. It's uh, PDF, Word, and in the new um, star-spangled way that uh, James has put it together. So yeah, that's all available on the uh, Tool Session League website. Well, Tom, thank you as always for your time and, and thank you for the for, for the work that you put in uh, on the bulletin. Um, we've got plenty to discuss on next week's Tool Station Western League podcast. We'll have all that um, FA VARs action and, of course, action in the uh, Premier Division and in the and in the First Division as well. And I'm sure all the listeners, after my monologue on the soliloquy just now, um, are um, are going to be desperate to find out how the El Multico went between uh, Warminster and Devizes. But until then, uh, you've been listening to the Toolstation Western League podcast.